Hi guys and welcome back to the Mystery and Comedy Old Time Radio Podcast. Please welcome back to the show to chill our spines, Miss Nancy Kelly. You may have heard Miss Kelly on my previous two episodes with her. Uh, the one I did with her by herself in January and the other one with Miss Claire Trevor in the Tale of the Sisters. And if you haven't heard those episodes, I highly recommend going back and listening to those episodes first. I want to once again thank everybody who has listened and subscribed to my podcast. I really, really do appreciate it, guys. Thank you for all your support. I really do appreciate it. We welcome Miss Kelly this afternoon to chill our spines. In this first episode, she plays a woman who is caught between two worlds a reality and something that happened a week ago she was found out that she had been killed by her husband who adores and loves her so she backtracks her steps and realizes that it's slowly coming to flourishing that her husband is going to kill her so she ends up doing the unthinkable and killing him before he kills her and it is called a week ago Wednesday and in the second episode Miss Kelly plays a woman who is married but has a secret crush and a secret affair with a well-known doctor in the community and a friend of both of theirs. So she ends up telling the doctor that they can be married now, that her husband is dead. But unbeknownst to her, she does not know that she has a illness that she only has 90 days to live but later comes to find out that the illness is null and void and she could live her life full of happiness and live it productively without either one of her husbands with her and it is called Taming of the Beast I hope you guys enjoy Miss Nancy Kelly and her Two episodes guaranteed to chill your spine. If you like the show, please comment and subscribe, guys. And enjoy the show. Thanks. Now, the Roma Wine Company of Fresno, California presents... bring you the suspenseful play called The Taming of the Beast, starring Nancy Kelly and Helmut Dantine. Suspense is presented for your enjoyment by Roma Wines. That's R-O-M-A, Roma Wines. Those excellent California wines that can add so much pleasantness to the way you live, to your happiness and entertaining guests, to your enjoyment of everyday meals. Yes, right now a glass full would be very pleasant... As Roma Wines bring you 
a remarkable tale of suspense. And with the drama called The Taming of the Beast, and with the performances of Miss Nancy Kelly as Nora Van Nostrand, and Mr. Helmut Dantine as Dr. Ferrari, Roma Wines hope indeed to keep you in suspense. I knew what kind of woman Nora was the minute I laid eyes on her. She was very beautiful, equally neurotic and utterly heartless. She was the kind of a woman who wants everything, gives nothing, and still thinks she's a passionate bargain for any man. Completely unconscious of the fact that her only real motivation in life is to humiliate, dominate, and finally destroy any man she can get her hands on. But that didn't matter either. You see, she had three million dollars. And I'd already made up my mind, if my plans worked out, that I was going to kill her. She and Mark had given a party that night. The last of us were just leaving, and you could tell then that a storm was brewing and was going to break out the minute the door closed behind us. Night, Nora, darling. Oh, Evelyn, it was wonderful to have you. Darling, you know I wouldn't miss one of your parties for anything. You can always count on at least one good fight. <laughs> good night, Mark. Oh, good night. Oh, uh, good night, Nora. Um, good night, Harry. Oh, uh, can I see you tomorrow? Call me. Oh, I will. Good night, Mark. Thanks a million for everything. Good night. Good night, Mrs. Van Ostrand. Oh, Dr. Ferrari, I'm so glad Maxine brought you along. You were simply fascinating. I do want to hear more about it sometime. Thank you. Thank you very much. Good night, Mr. Van Ostrand. It was a great pleasure indeed. Good night, Doctor. Mark. What? Mark, must you insult everyone that I ever bring into this house? Me? I didn't insult anyone. Well, maybe you didn't slap anyone across the face with your gloves, but you might just as well have. Well, maybe I might at that. And what does that mean? Nora, for your information, and I mean this very sincerely, it's apt to stir up some pretty primitive adrenal reactions when a man sees some handsome heel trying to make a date with his wife right under his very oh, nose. Mark, how utterly childish. What are you thinking of? It's not what I'm thinking of. It's what he's thinking of. And you know what it is. Well, what if he is? He's only human. And if you're insinuating I'm that I... I'm not insinuating anything. If I thought that... What do you expect me to do while you're downtown all day? Sit around home playing housewife? You know I'm not that kind of a person. You promised me when we were married... I know, Nora, I know. I'm sorry. It's just that I'm a little jealous. Can't you see that? Because I, I love you. Okay? No. No, Mark. I think we ought to have a very thorough talk about the whole thing. All right, darling, but not tonight. I'm tired. Not tonight. Not tonight. I'm tired. That's what you always say every time I want to discuss anything with you. It's it's all right when you want to sit up all night and, and talk, but, but when it's a question of my problems and my friends... What do you mean, your friends? I've never heard you say a decent word about any one of them in your life. Unless you want to pick a quarrel Mark, with me. don't you shout at me. All right, but... I, I'm certainly not the one who's trying to pick a quarrel. I'm, I'm simply trying to get you to adopt a reasonable attitude. Well, you're not trying to be reasonable. You're just trying to make me out of heel because I don't like that bunch of sponging, Fine. neurotic... Who pays for the parties we give? Who bought and paid for this house that you're living Laura, in? I did. I... And I don't notice you leaning over backwards. I'm your husband, Then stop Laura. torturing me. Stop preaching. Stop, stop telling me what I... Ought to do and, 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 and try to be decent yourself once in a while. Oh, shut up! I won't stand for this, Nora. You? Well, then maybe you won't stand for this either. Laura. For this. Laura, I warn you, stop throwing those glasses around. What will you do? What will you do? What will you Laura, do? Laura, you're out of your mind. You're sick or crazy. All right. All right, I'm crazy. See? See? I'm crazy. I'm crazy.
You hit me. I could kill you when you act like this. I could kill you. Yes, what is it? Mr. Ferrari, Mr. Mark Van Ostrand would like to see you. Van Ostrand? So soon? Have him come in. Hello, Dr. Ferrari. Come in, Mr. Van Ostrand. Sit down. Thanks. Say, uh, I, I'm afraid I didn't make a very good first impression as a host last night. Oh, that's all right. A man in my profession never goes on first impressions anyway. No, I, I suppose not. But if there was anything... Well, I... I guess without realizing it, I was a little disturbed even then. About your wife. How did you know? Oh, it's rather obvious. You are a sane, sober, well-adjusted sort of man. While uh, Mrs. Van Ostrand is inclined to be more uh, volatile. You mean uh, neurotic, don't you? If you prefer. And if you know what the word means. I think I do. Very well, then. Yes, Mrs. Van Ostrand is very definitely neurotic. But most of us are, more or less. Doctor, I'm not trying to blame her. I, I know there are causes behind these things. And I love Nora. I, I don't know how I could go on living without her. And I mean that quite literally. Of course you do. At first I was able to cope with it all right, but now I'm beginning to lose my grip. Like last night. We had a terrible quarrel after all of you'd left. We'd made it up, of course, but... Well, this time it really shook me. It frightened me. Yes. I'd suggested a couple of times before that maybe she ought to go to a doctor, some nerve specialist or something, but it always made her so furious that I... Well, anyway, after hearing some of your conversation last night, some of the results you'd had, well, I thought, what could I lose? I'd, I'd try again. And so you did. Yes. And I was never so surprised in my life. She agreed. Hmm. Well, of course, we often find that meeting people socially is very helpful in uh, overcoming resistance. Yeah, that's what I thought it was. Doctor, you can help her, can't you? I don't know what I'd do if... If, if Mrs. Van Ostrand herself will cooperate. Yes, I can. Oh, swell. She's here with me, waiting outside. Shall I bring her in? Please, do. Nora? Yes? Come in, will you, darling? How do you do, Mrs. Van Ostrand? Hello, Dr. Ferrari. I suppose Mark has convinced you by this time that I'm mad as a hatter. Oh, no, darling. In our profession, Mrs. Van Ostrand, we don't go on hearsay evidence. Well, I, I guess there's no sense in my hanging around. I, I, I know I wouldn't wait if I were you. These preliminary interviews sometimes take quite a while. I'll, I'll see you this evening, Laura. Goodbye, darling. Bye. Well, Mrs. Van Ostrand? Well... What do we do now? I suppose I go into some sort of a trance and you pry all my little secrets out of me. Uh, let us understand each other. Nobody is forcing you to come here, and you can go now if you like. Um, and suppose I don't like? All right, then let's talk sense. Uh, you know this is all very silly, don't you? I don't know anything of the kind. Why did you come if you thought it was silly? To humor Mark. Oh, I see. You've never humored him before my going to a doctor, have you? All right. Do you want a nice, sensible reason, or do you want the real one? Let's try the real one. Well, then, I came here because I find you very attractive. I see. And now it's your turn. Do you want the professional answer? Oh, no. Let's not be professional yet. In that case, 
I think you're the most exciting woman I've ever met in my life. For suspense, Roma Wines are bringing you as stars Miss Nancy Kelly and Mr. Helmut Dantine, whom you have heard in the first act of The Taming of the Beast, a radio play by Charles Smith and Robert Richards, which is Roma Wines' presentation tonight of Suspense. Between the acts of Suspense, this is Truman Bradley for Roma Wines. Next Sunday is Easter. And now, here is a timely word from Elsa Maxwell, gracious authority on hospitality. Easter is a joyous day. And I know many of you have carefully saved ration points to get something special for dinner. Perhaps it is a tempting mouth-watering roast of ham or a tender golden brown roast duck. May I suggest that you add to the joyousness of the occasion by serving Roma California Sauternes. This glorious wine lends a welcome note of golden color to your table and adds to the enjoyment and pleasure of dining. An attractively set table, a steaming platter with the Easter ham or duck or roast, done to a golden brown turn, and then the crowning touch, a glistening glass full of Roma Sauternes set beside each dinner plate. Truly a tempting picture. And Roma Sauternes is the gracious note that makes your dinner truly enjoyable. You'll enjoy its fragrant delicateness and delightful bouquet. Like all the Roma wines, this masterpiece of the wine grower's art has unvarying goodness. The happy result of selected grapes, picked at the very peak of their flavor in California's choicest vineyards, guided to perfection by the ancient skill of Roma's famed wineries. Serve Roma wine this Easter. Serve it regularly. Remember, more Americans enjoy Roma than any other wine. R-O-M-A. Roma Wines. And now, Roma Wines bring back to our soundstage Nancy Kelly as Nora Van Ostrand and Helmut Dantine as Dr. Paul Ferrari in The Taming of the Beast, a play well calculated to keep you in suspense. I'm no more a doctor than Shirley Temple or a psychologist either. But I've picked up enough of the lingo to get by. It's easy. You just go to one of these semi-resort places in a state where the laws aren't too strict, put on a little front, get invited to the right parties, and before you can say Sigmund Freud, everybody in town with so much money and time, they haven't anything better to do are flocking into your office and writing you big fat checks just to lie around and talk about themselves. With Nora... All I had to do was to get her to come around once. And I knew I could keep her coming back. Well, things were coming along very nicely with Nora. Although I still kept a little professional touch, just for appearances. Then one afternoon, she came in and I noticed she had a look in her eye. A glitter of excitement and amusement, too. Almost as though she were secretly laughing at me. And for a minute I was worried. And I fell back on the indifference and the professional manner until I could find out what it was. You're very quiet today, darling. Is this one of the days I'm supposed to do the talking? No, Nora. I will do the talking. Well, then why don't you? I'm waiting. Nora, 
Have you had those x-rays taken as I asked you to? How now, darling? How in the world did x-rays get into this conversation? Because they are very important. A minor organic disorder can cause all kinds of uh, psychic disturbances. I've told you all about that. Yes, um, darling, you did, and it was very boring. That's not the point. Did you have them taken? Yes, I did. At the Mills Laboratory? Yes. And when will I have the proofs? Oh, two or three days, I think they said. Oh, that's that's fine. Paul, I want to ask you something now. What? Paul, do you really think I'm improving? What do you think? Oh, well, I, I feel more vital, more alive, more exhilarated than I have for, oh, years. Do you really think it's you? What do you think? Well, I think maybe yes. Nora, perhaps the time has come for me to have a little talk with you about some things that I haven't been sure you were quite ready for up to now. Darling, you're really pretty attractive, aren't you? Nora, as, as you become a more adjusted person, a more complete and more developed person, you must expect certain changes in your attitude towards your environment and your life. And... Oh, I'll certainly feel cheated if there aren't. What are you getting at, Paul? Nora, you must expect, as you become adjusted, that relationships with people who are no longer as adjusted as yourself will no longer be entirely satisfactory to you. Oh! Relationships such as, um, such as marriage? Yes, quite, Nora. This is a proposal, isn't it, Paul? What, Nora? Yes. Yes, I think it is. And I think what you're really trying to tell me, and haven't the courage to say, is... But I've got to get Mark out of the way. I didn't say that, Nora. Well, that's what you meant, wasn't it? But you don't need to worry, Paul. Worry? I, I suppose it really isn't fair. I suppose I really should have told you as soon as I came in. Told me what? Yes, I know I should have. You must be able to confide in your analyst. Isn't that the idea? Nora, what are you talking about? About Mark. What about Mark? Mark shot himself as I was leaving the house about 20 minutes ago. This, of course, was a wonderful break. In all my plans, I never thought Mark would bow himself out with as little fuss as that. I must say he was a sport about it. No notes left behind, no accusing anybody. He just put the gun to his head and that was it. After that, it was easy. Nobody knew anything yet. So I was able as Nora's analyst to say that it was vital to her health to get away. We left the very night and were married in Yuma six hours later. And we stayed away just traveling around for nearly six months. But Nora had the big house and everything back home. So, of course, finally we went back. I'd forgotten all about the x-rays I told Nora to have taken... There were nothing but window dressing anyway. But the next day when I went downtown to close up my office... Dr. Ferrari speaking. Who? Oh, yes, Mills Laboratories, yes. Yes, of course. Oh, yes, x-rays for Mrs. Van... Uh, Mrs. Ferrari. Yes, well, what is it? Tell me. What? Oh, this is terrible. Are you sure? She's my wife, you see. She's... I'm very sorry. Forgive me, yes. Listen, you must promise me one thing. Promise me that you won't tell this to another living soul. Absolutely to no one. You understand that? Thank you very much. You might as well send them around to my house.
I could hardly believe it. Because you see, I hadn't really made up my mind yet when I was going to kill Nora or how. I only knew for a certainty that she would become unbearable eventually. And then I would have to do it. But now, there was my answer. The brakes were coming my way all right and fast. Of course, Nora became more and more difficult just as I'd known she would. But I could stand anything now. That is, I thought I could. But one day I went into my study. I'd closed my office, but the big study in the east wing did come in handy every so often. And I always kept it locked. Only this time when I unlocked the door and went in, there was Nora. Oh? Hello? What are you doing in here, Nora? What do you mean? What am I doing in here? Just what I said. What are you doing in here? Going through your things? Yes, I can see that. And why? Paul, you seem to forget that this is my house. And you seem to forget that these are my things. And that the reason I keep them locked up is precisely so that you won't go sticking your nose into things that are none of your business. Now, get out of here. Oh, no. Nora, are you going to walk out or am I going to put you out? Uh, neither, I think. Who was that woman who was in here this afternoon? A patient. A patient. You haven't had a patient since you retired on my money. That's right. And enjoying every penny of it. Who was she? I told you, a patient. You're lying. All right, I'm lying. She was anything you want to think. Now, will you please go away and leave me alone? Then I, I suppose these are hers. Oh, you found those, did you? Yes, yes, I found them, did I? And would you mind telling me why any patient of yours has to have full-length x-ray pictures? Oh, really, Nora, you're beginning to board on the psychotic. You don't think I get excited about x-ray pictures of women, do you? What are these pictures? I see you've forgotten my idea that when you were more impressed with my talents than you seem to be now, you had some full-length x-ray pictures taken. Oh. Those are yours. I don't blame you for not recognizing yourself. Beauty is only skin deep. Paul, why did you stop analyzing me? Because you didn't need it anymore. You decided that rather suddenly, didn't you? Yes, I decided that the day after I married you, now, will you please leave me? You're becoming very tiresome. Tiresome? Now I'm tiresome. After you drove poor Mark to his grave. After oh, so you are bringing him poor Mark now. Bring him? Oh, if I could only bring him back. Oh, stop it, Nora. You wouldn't have Mark back if he walked into this room right now. Oh, wouldn't I? No, and I'll tell you why. You never did want Mark from the moment you found out that you could snap your fingers and he would come running to you like a puppy. And you wanted me from the moment you found out that I wouldn't. And that's why you wouldn't leave me if I tried to beat you away with a club. How is that for analysis? Oh. Oh, you beast. You vile, contemptible beast. So I am a beast. But until you find some way of taming the beast, you are stuck with it. And that concludes the lesson for today. Class dismissed. Maybe I will, Paul. Maybe... Maybe I will find some way of taming the beast. Go ahead and try. And in the meantime, you might try being a little more like a human being yourself. In the short time you have got left. Well, I... What do you mean? What I say. What do you mean? All right, Nora. I've tried to keep it from you. But maybe you have got that coming to you, too. Oh, what are you saying? It's not what I'm saying. It's what those x-rays are saying. And if you don't believe me, take them to any doctor. I asked you what you were saying. Why don't you tell me? You have got a brain tumor, Nora. You will be dead. In about 90 days. I suppose I shouldn't have told her. But I couldn't resist it. 
and I couldn't see that it would make much difference one way or the other. The laws in this state are pretty tight about a husband's share in a wife's property, and I was bound to get half anyway. And Nora had no relatives, so even if she tried to get nasty and leave the other half to the old lady's home or something, I could always break the will. As a matter of fact, telling her seemed to do a certain amount of good, because suddenly she changed. For the first time since I had known her, she had moments and even several days in a stretch of being genuinely kind and considerate and even affectionate. She wasn't suffering much, <laughs> having violent headaches, but otherwise in pretty good shape right up until the end. And the 90 days were nearly up when she called me into her room one day. Now I went in and sat beside her on the bed. Paul, do you ever think much about death? Oh, darling, you mustn't have morbid thoughts like that. Maybe it won't happen for a long time. Maybe. Oh, my, my thoughts aren't morbid. I really don't mind now. I don't mind in the least. That's the way to be, Nora. But what about you, Paul? What about me? Yes. How do you feel about death? Well, I guess I never thought much about it. Oh? Well, don't you think everyone should? Maybe. What do you think, Paul? Well, I can't say that I'm exactly looking forward to it. But it looks like I'm lucky. Looks like it's still a pretty far away for me. <laughs> and that's funny, Paul, because... Because, you know, I, I am looking forward to it. You're looking forward to it. Paul, don't you think that if somebody really accomplished something by dying, they would look forward to it? You mean being a hero or a savior of your country or something? I don't believe in heroes. No, no, I, I, I don't mean that. I mean, if someone did something for themselves, something they wanted to do more than anything else in all their lives, and, and the only way they, they could do it was by dying... Well, then wouldn't they look forward to it? Well, maybe. Though I can't quite imagine the circumstances. <laughs> no. No, I suppose you can't. But, Paul... Yes? If someone lost everything they'd always wanted by dying, that would be terrible, wouldn't it? Yes, uh, yes, I guess it would. Dying would be torture, then, wouldn't it? It would be the most terrible torture that any human being could ever experience. Wouldn't it? What's this all about, Nora? I never knew you were a philosopher. Paul, did you ever see this before? Why, yes, that's Mark's gun, isn't it? The one he killed himself with. That's right, Paul. Mark's gun. What, uh, what are you doing with it up here? Well, didn't it ever occur to you that I wouldn't go without taking you with me? No, Nora, you are, you are, what are you talking about? Give me, give me that. Gun. No, no, don't, don't move, Paul. Nora. That hurts. Doesn't it, Paul? You wouldn't get the money then, would you, Paul? You wouldn't get the money or anything, only death. Ah, uh, you see, Paul, they wouldn't hang me, would they? They wouldn't have time, because I'll be dead in a few days. But I'll still be alive when you're dead. Nora! You see, Paul, I did find a way of taming the beast after all. Nora! No! No! to die. There is not the slightest question about them. Probably by tomorrow night at the latest. That's why I'm able to tell about this. It doesn't matter now. 
Nothing meant as much when you are dying and you know you are dying. But Nora was right. It would have been torture except for one thing. I still had one break coming. I've still got one last laugh. Because now I know how Nora is going to feel when she goes. Because she told me so herself. She told me what torture it would be. For me, she thought. Only it won't. It will be for her. Because it wasn't more than half an hour after she had shot me that the phone by her bed rang and she answered it in person. Hello? Uh, Mrs. Van Nostra, uh, that is uh, Mrs. Ferrari. Yes? Oh, thank heaven we've located you, Mrs. Ferrari. Uh, there's been a terrible mistake. Well, who is this? This is the Mills Laboratories. Uh, we took some x-rays of you last year, do you remember? Yes? Well, this has never happened before, but we were checking through our files today when we found out about the mistake. We, uh, we sent you the wrong x-rays. The other patient just died, and that's how we came to find out about it. So, you see, we... Hello, Mrs. Ferrari? Mrs. Ferrari? Yes? So I say, you see, you're in perfect health, and you'll probably live to be a hundred. Hello? Hello, Mrs. Ferrari? Hello? <laughs> you... You live to be a hundred. You live to be a hundred. <laughs> so closes The Taming of the Beast, in which Roma Wines have brought you Miss Nancy Kelly and Mr. Helmut Dantin as stars of tonight's study in Suspense. Before our stars return to the microphone, let me say a word for Roma Wines, the sponsor of Suspense. Elsa Maxwell is world famous for her hospitality and her understanding of niceties of entertaining. Recently, she said... When friends drop in during the afternoon or evening, I find there is nothing more delightful than a glass of Roma California Sherry. I serve Roma Sherry frequently before dinner, too, and everybody welcomes it. Ideal for all occasions, with a glorious golden amber color that looks so tempting, and with a light nut-like flavor that always tastes so good. Distinguished Roma wines, always delightful, always unvaryingly good yet cost only pennies a glass. And the next time you use vermouth, sweet or dry, use Roma vermouth. Zestful, herb-flavored Roma vermouth is blended, mellowed, developed, and bottled in California with all the traditional winemaking skill of Roma wineries, yet surprisingly low-priced. Try Roma vermouth soon, won't you? Um, this is Nancy Kelly. It's always a really great privilege and delight to appear on Suspense, and tonight I enjoyed particularly working with Mr. Dantine, and, and I should like you to know that in person he isn't at all the unscrupulous kind of villain that he played tonight. But I guess you'll know that he isn't all bad if you've seen him in his current picture for Warner Brothers, Hotel Berlin. Thank you very much, Miss Kelly. And allow me, ladies and gentlemen, to say in returning the courtesy that it's the greatest possible proof that Miss Kelly is a wonderful actress if she made you believe she was as evil and ruthless as she seemed to be in the play. 
And uh, I will make a plug too, Nancy. <laughs> I know you will like to see her in the RKO picture, Betrayal from the East. And I think we've just time to pass along this very important word from our government. The armed forces need more nurses. If you're a registered nurse under 45, please recognize this need. You can wire for information to the Surgeon General, U.S. Army, Washington, D.C., or call your local Red Cross chapter. And if you cannot now qualify as an Army nurse, your services are urgently needed in essential civilian jobs. Suspense is produced, edited, and directed by William Spear. Next Thursday, same time, Dane Clark will be your star of Suspense. Presented by Roma Wines, R-O-M-A, made in California for enjoyment throughout the world. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Now, the Roma Wine Company of Fresno, California presents... bring you Miss Nancy Kelly as star of A Week Ago Wednesday, a suspense play produced, edited, and directed for Roma Wines by William Spear. Suspense, radio's outstanding theater of thrills, is presented for your enjoyment by Roma Wines. That's R-O-M-A, Roma Wines. Those excellent California wines that can add so much pleasantness to the way you live, to your happiness and entertaining guests. To your enjoyment of everyday meals. Yes, right now a glassful would be very pleasant as Roma Wines bring you Nancy Kelly in a remarkable tale of suspense. I was married in a blue suit that wrinkled too easily and shoes that were too tight when I walked. Just another girl. I got hungry when I didn't eat and tired when I didn't sleep. When I got pushed around in the 8th Avenue subway and... I waited in line at the movies. I was hot in summer and cold in the winter. Other people were killed and robbed and disgraced and in trouble so so I could read about it in the morning paper. That sort of thing happened to other people, not to me, not to Maud Haskins. But suddenly I've become other people. And a million someone else's read about me. I'd like to tell you how it was. <laughs> Harry and I had quarreled that Wednesday morning. I've tried to remember why, but I can't. I've tried to think, but... Well, I wasn't in any hurry to get home after work that day. That Wednesday. So I sat for a while on a bench in Central Park. The sky looked moody and had a dirty face. I watched evening happen quickly because it was going to rain. It started to come down, doing my crying for me. And I ran... I knew suddenly that I wanted to go home. I wanted to climb the stairs to the little furnished flat. I, I wanted Harry to be there so I could put my arms around him and feel him warm against me. I wanted to tell him that I loved him and that I was sick because I hadn't kissed him goodbye that morning. I, I nearly fell running up those narrow little steps. I, I stumbled a half a dozen times before I reached the third floor, apartment 3B. I was nervous, and I was too eager to get in. My hand was clumsy, all thumbs, and the key wouldn't fit. It dropped to the floor. I, I stooped to pick it up, and as I did, the door was unlatched from the inside. Harry! 
I saw it open and, and I nearly sobbed with joy and relief. Harry! Yes, what is it, dearie? But it wasn't Harry. Not Harry looking anxious because I was late and worried because I was drenched with the rain. This was a stranger in our apartment. A small, dark woman with eyes like two shiny brown buttons and a pinched little face. Well? She was wearing a flowered apron, and in her hand she held a limp dish towel. I blinked at her stupidly. Well, well, what is this? I don't want to buy anything. I'm busy. I'm making supper. Oh, but you don't understand. I'm... Looking for somebody? What apartment did you want? This is 3B. 3B? Yeah. What apartment are you looking for? Oh, but I'm not. I... I won't be much help anyhow. Better ask down the hall. We've only been living here a few days. Living here? Yes. What's the matter with you, dearie? Are you sick? Don't you feel well? I... Oh, no. No, I, I don't feel very well. And your clothes? Why, they're sopping wet. Well, the rain. I, I got caught in the rain. What are you talking about? It isn't raining. Oh, but you're wrong. It is raining. I just... Listen here, young woman. What kind of a game do you think you're playing? But are you sure? Well, I, I ran. I, I, ran, I ran all the way because there was thunder and lightning. We had a storm a week ago, but it ain't rained like that since Wednesday. Wednesday? A week ago? Oh, no. No. Here, here, don't do that. You sit down there, dearie, and I'll get some water. Don't move now. And supper not ready and company coming. Oh, I sat on the sofa. Harry and I had talked just last night about having the spring in the middle cushion fixed. Or had we? I, I ran my hand over the top, cautiously, afraid. And then I stopped as if I'd suddenly taken hold of a live wire. For my fingers curved over the lumpy roughness of a pillow... With a broken spring. Here, here, drink this. Easy. Are you better now? Don't talk, just drink it. Easy. That's it, dearie. Thank you. Over the rim of the glass, she watched me. I sipped the water slowly while my eyes drank in the room. Well, there was that crack at the base of the lamp from the day Harry got his rays. He'd been swinging me around the room, around and around in circles until we were both dizzy and, and knocked the lamp over. And there was a little table near the window... And there was the rug with the worn spot in it and the fireplace and the mantel. But our wedding picture on it was missing. And in its place there was a cheap blue vase. There. There, better. Are you better now? Oh, much. Thank you. you want me to call a cab for you? Where do you live, dearie? Why, I... You were looking for someone when you come. Friends of yours. Huh? Oh, friends. Friends, yes. Yes, friends of mine. Harry and... Maud Haskin. Haskin? But don't you read the papers? You mean you don't know? Know what? Why, about the murder, of course. We moved in a few days after it happened. My husband didn't like the idea. But an apartment's an apartment these days. Foolishness being squeamish about those things. But I said to him, Charlie, it's a big So what if there was a murder here? Don't mean nothing. Murder? Tell me. Tell me about it. Oh, he looked. Such a nice young man, too. At least in his pictures. Who? Who are you talking about? Harry Askin, of course. Murder. Harry? Yes, with a nice pick. Horrible. Right in that kitchen. Don't bother me, none, but my Charlie won't eat there. Ice pick? M murdered? Isn't it awful? And everybody says they've seen so much in love. And she was so young, they say. What? Uh, did you know them well? I... Oh, oh yes. Yes, very well. Must be a shock to you. Can't understand Is why... it in that paper? May I see it? Sure. 
Then follow nothing else for almost a week. She was right. Ice pick murderer awaits conviction. The headlines screamed out at me. I closed my eyes for a minute to blot it out. Perhaps when I opened them again, the words would be gone. But they weren't. Big and bold as life or death, they mocked me. Ice pick murderer awaits conviction. And underneath the little black letters pieced themselves together to form the words killer, bloody, motive. And, and then they jumped crazily on the page. Well, there, there was a picture of Harry. Harry, my husband. I tried to read under it, but I couldn't. Oh, maybe I shouldn't have let you see that. Let us sit down again, dearie. No. Now let me alone. Oh, I'm all right. Let me alone. Sure. All right, all right. After all, I didn't ask. Oh, I'm sorry. You've been very kind. Please, I'm... I'm better go. I don't remember leaving. Walking down those stairs out of the door. I just remember finding myself on the street again, half walking and half running. Wanting to curl up on the pavement and let my head burst with the ache and the fright that was growing inside. I was back in Central Park again. From out of nowhere, a little boy on a scooter came tearing around the bend. He turned sharply to keep from running into me. I watched him lose his balance and try to regain it dizzily. I'm a fireman! Watch out, lady! Watch out! He toppled over and fell in a pathetic little heap on the ground. His knee was bleeding. I ran over to pick him up. over him, my arms outstretched to lift him to his feet again. And then I remembered. I was dead. I'd been murdered by my husband almost a week ago. I was dead. Help me up, lady. Will you? I froze. This little boy, if it were true and it was because I'd read it in the paper myself, if I were really dead, I, I knew I couldn't touch this child. I was afraid for him. So I ran again. I ran faster and faster till I couldn't hear him anymore. Then, then it was later somehow. And really dark. And I was so tired. I found myself back on that bench again. The same bench I'd been sitting on earlier that evening. No one was around. I stretched out and tried to sleep. I knew I was awake before I opened my eyes. It smelled like morning, fresh and clean, and I felt the sun soak into me. I thought, I thought when I open my eyes, I'll be back in my own bed again. I'll, I'll reach out my arm and I'll find Harry there beside me and everything will be all right when I open my eyes. I did. And it was still Central Park. I sat up stiffly and I smoothed out the wrinkles in my skirt. I wondered where I was going to go or what I was going to do. I tried not to think of Harry, where he was now. Come on. Come on, darling. Are you all right? Harry. Harry, you. Oh, golly, baby. I've been worried sick about you all night. Where have you been? Honey, I, I'm sorry about yesterday. Will you come home with me? Home? But look at your clothes. They're still damp from the rain. Oh, if you get sick, I'll never forgive myself. How do you feel? Are you all right? Rain. Yes. 
Yes, I'm all right. Oh, good. Come on, then. Let me take your arm. His big hand and long, strong fingers pressed against my arm. My head still ached, so I let him lead me. We left the park from the entrance on 72nd Street as a little boy on a scooter came tearing around the bend. I'm a fireman! Watch out! I'm a fireman! For suspense, Roma Wines are bringing you a star, Miss Nancy Kelly, in A Week Ago Wednesday by Winifred Wolfe. Roma Wines' presentation tonight in radio's outstanding theater of thrills... Suspense. Between the acts of suspense, this is Truman Bradley for Roma Wines. With the holidays ahead, here's good news to all who enjoy fine Roma Wines. To all who serve Roma Wines for gracious hospitality and for mealtime pleasure, Roma Wines are now featured at new low prices. In plentiful supply, too. Roma California wines offer you full selections. Sherry, port, muscatel, or toquet for entertaining. Burgundy or sauterne for mealtime enjoyment. And champagne to make any happy occasion unforgettable. Each of these fine Roma wines brings you taste luxury at new low prices. So be sure to have plenty of Roma wines on hand. Roma wines are grown from choicest grapes, unhurriedly perfected by age-old skill. Bottled at Roma wineries in California's choicest vineyards. Remember, because of uniformly fine quality at low cost, more Americans enjoy Roma than any other wine. Roma wines make perfect gifts, too. So insist on Roma wines for good living and good giving. Roma wines offer you so much for so little. That's Roma, R-O-M-A, Roma wines. And now, Roma Wines bring back to our Hollywood soundstage Miss Nancy Kelly as Maud Haskin in A Week Ago Wednesday, a play well calculated to keep you in suspense. <laughs> place looks awful, doesn't it? I don't know how many cigarettes I smoked. I, I tried to sleep, but I couldn't, so I tried the couch and... No luck there, either. That uh, broken spring didn't help much. I was almost out of my mind worrying about you, honey. I got hungry about 3 o'clock in the morning, but I couldn't eat. Dirty dishes still in the sink. Never mind. I'll wash them. Morn. Darling. Yes? Yeah? Come here, will you? Why are you standing near the mantel? Why don't you come over to me? Huh? Oh, I was looking at, at the picture on it. Our wedding picture. It's there. <laughs> of course it's there. Where should it be? Darling, put your arms around me so I'll know you're real, that you've come back. Where did you go? Where were you? I don't know. All right, I won't ask questions now. Just put your arms around me tight and tell me you still love me. He held me close to him, and he bent his head so it was buried warm and heavy against my throat. I thought it wouldn't hurt because he's pressing me too tightly if I were dead. I couldn't feel this tiny pulse in my throat beating quick and sharp as I were really dead. The worn spot on the rug was still there. 
and the crack in the base of the lamp. But the wedding picture was back on the mantel, and the woman with eyes like two shiny brown buttons was gone. There was just Harry and me. Are you hungry? Let me get you something to eat. I am hungry a little. Well, let me make you something here. Now, you sit down here on the couch, and I'll bring it to you. Or, uh, you want to change first? Yes, I'd like that. Gee, I'm sorry you got caught in the rain, honey. It, it was raining, wasn't it, Harry? It was raining hard, wasn't it? Raining? I'll say it was. What a storm. It was raining. It was raining hard. Oh, Harry. Lord, sweet, don't. Oh, please don't. You're home now. We ate breakfast on the little table near the window. He leaned across the table, his large arms resting on the cloth. His eyes steady and serious, watching me. Why was he being so kind? Why should he be so good to me? What were the thoughts behind those eyes watching me, watching? I love you. Oh, oh I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to drop. Well, don't worry about it. I'll get the broom. Sweep it up. Maud. Yes? Don't bother about it now. Come here to me, will you? No. What? I, I mean... It's glass. I'd better sweep it up. I'll only be a minute. Okay. I went into the kitchen. Glad to be alone for a minute. Safe for a minute. I knew with a dull, sick realization that I was afraid of my husband. Afraid of Harry. Want me to do it for you? No. No, I can do it. I'll sweep it up. Morn, don't go into work today. Stay home and rest. You don't look well. Oh, but I am. I, I want to go into work. All right. If you're sure. Anything you want. He was being good to me again. Too good to me. Anything I wanted. Anything. Anything. I didn't trust him. He was too kind. His lips moved with honeyed words, but... but what was on his mind? I love you. Do you? Well, don't you know I do? Uh, of course. Of course I do. You'll be home right after work? I... Yes. Maybe we'll go to a movie or something. Would you like that? We'll see. All right. We'll see. He walked me to the 8th Avenue subway like he always did. And when he kissed me goodbye, a slim tremor of fear went through me. See you tonight, darling. I took three letters that morning. I typed them automatically, but inside my head, one thought kept repeating, repeating. I'm afraid of Harry. I'm afraid. My husband is going to kill me. I know because I dreamed it last night, only I'm not sure it was a dream. Maybe it was a warning. A warning. My husband is going to kill me. Kill me. Bye, too. Looking at the moon. Weak down. Will it be, lady? Ham on rye. Coffee. Coming. Ham on rye! The drugstore was full of hungry, busy people reading the daily paper. The paper that screamed the hurts and the pains and the troubles of other people. But not me. Not Maud Haskin. Well, there was nothing in it about a nice, thick murder in Harry's picture. <laughs> I, I began to feel a little foolish. Hey, y'all, lady. Ham on rye. Jab on its way. I... I'd fallen asleep on a park bench and I'd had a dream. That was all just a nightmare. Afraid? <laughs> Afraid of Harry? Well, I'd let a silly dream play tricks with me. I, 
I wanted to push the minutes ahead so I could go home. Go home to Harry. I kept looking at the clock. Four. 4.30. 4.35. I wanted to get home and tell him I was all right. I was all right now. 4.45. 4.50. Five o'clock. This time I knew I wasn't dreaming. This time I could run, run fast all the way from the subway to 69th and down and home and Harry would be there. Down 69th and, and up those brownstone steps I climbed one flight, two flights, out of breath, hurrying. One more, one more. Excuse me, dearie. Do you know where I can find the landlady? It was that woman. The small, dark woman with eyes like two shiny brown... You know where I can find the landlady? What? What did you say? You live here, dearie? Yes, yes, I... Well, well, tell me, then. Uh, do you happen to know if there's any vacancies? Vacancies? No, no. I... I'm, I'm sure there aren't. Oh, me and my husband's been looking for weeks. What a job. Do you know if anybody's planning to move out, dearie? Soon, maybe? Say, where are you going? Say. Well, can you beat that? That woman in my dream who'd been living in our apartment... What was she doing here? Maybe it had been more than a dream. Maybe I was thrown ahead into seven tomorrows, to next Wednesday. Maybe by then she'd have our apartment, just like in my dream. And, and, and then I'd... Darling, that you? Yes. Yes, Harry. <laughs> Got a kiss for me? <laughs> Matter, girl. You're home early. I hurried. Did you? So did I. I missed you terribly. Come on in. I got a surprise. What kind of a surprise? Never mind. Oh, Maud, don't ever go very far away again, will you? No. No, Harry, I, I won't. Good. Now, you wait here. I'll be only a minute. I kept thinking. Not a dream. Not just a dream, but a warning. A warning. Oh, but, but that was silly. It, it couldn't be. It... I heard the sound of... I couldn't be sure, but it sounded like... I felt the blood rushed up to my face, and I, I, I began to shake all over. I walked into the kitchen. Harry was bent over a small bowl. I could see the muscles under his thin shirt move up and down as his arm rose and fell again and again, and in his hand he held a knife. Maud, what is it? What's the matter? Nothing. Nothing. What are you doing? Oh, why did you come in? This was going to be a surprise. You're not angry because I spent the money, are you? We've got to celebrate. No. No, I I'm not angry. I wish you hadn't come in, though. You spoiled it. I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. Doesn't matter. Nothing matters as long as you're here. He put the ice pick beside the bowl and he took me in his arms. And all the time he kept telling me he loved me, I was looking fascinated at the ice pick. Thin and sharp. The ice pick. Spoil his surprise. Yes. Yes, I'd spoil it. He thought he was going to kill me. But I wasn't going to let him. I wasn't going to let him. Gee, I love you. I love you. I'd smother the lying words in his throat before he could say them again. I'd been warned, and I wasn't going to let him do it. I, I reached out, and I felt my fingers creep around the handle of the ice pick. I was strong and safe now. That dream wasn't going to come true. I'd make sure. I held it tightly, and I raised it behind his back, and I saw it over his shoulder... Poised like a serpent, ready to strike. Ready. Ready. Darling, I love you. I... I've done it. I put all my strength into that blow in me. Ice pick half disappeared into him. Oh, 
poor heart. His arms still around me grew limp. I felt him slide heavily, big hands dragging at my body as he desperately tried to stay on his feet. His long fingers clutched at my belt and he tore it from me. And then he fell, still holding it in his hand. He was, he was still on my feet, a red circle of blood on his white shirt, and in that circle, the ice pick. No one saw me leave the house. It was a clear, cold night. Overhead, a plane made its way past the stars. I remember looking up at it and thinking, you can't even see me. You don't even know I'm here. And that I've just killed my husband and left him lying dead on the kitchen linoleum. But I knew. And somehow I didn't care. All I kept thinking was, not me. Not me. It wasn't me lying dead with an ice pick in my back. I'd been cleverer than he. I'd done it first. I, I stumbled into the park. And, and then I dropped from exhaustion. I slept all night on the grass. In the morning, I remembered. But I was too sick to care. I was almost sorry I woke up. I didn't want ever to wake up. I started to walk again. I kept on walking until I couldn't go anymore. There was a bench. I sat down. Someone had been there before and left a newspaper. I picked it up and I read it. And then I knew. As big and bold as life or death, it mocked me. Ice pick murder in the words killer, bloody motive jumped crazily on the page, and, and Harry's picture just as it had been in my dream, only this time I read on. Harry Haskin dead, murdered, police searching for wife Maud Haskin. And then I knew what Harry never wanted to kill me. Harry loved me. I tried to run away from a dream, just a dream, but instead I made him live and now Harry was dead. <laughs> I wanted to tell you how it was, Father, because it's so hard to believe it happened to me. Pray for me. I know now what wrong I've done. The dream has come true. It's Wednesday again, isn't it, Father? Maud has got in a prison cell because I killed my husband. I had to tell someone, Father. Will you pray for me? A week ago, Wednesday. I wonder if she's still there. A woman with eyes like two shiny brown buttons reading about us in the paper. I wonder if she's there now. have brought you Miss Nancy Kelly as star of A Week Ago Wednesday. Tonight's study in Suspense. 
This is Truman Bradley for Roma Wines, the sponsor of Suspense. This is the time of the year when unexpected guests and old friends drop in for surprise visits and joyous reunions. To make the evening more pleasureful, famed hostess Elsa Maxwell makes this suggestion. Serve guests a wine that adds warmth to the welcome. Such a delightful wine is Red, Red Roma California Port. A heartening wine, a gracious wine that adds so much to the enjoyment of an evening with friends. Roma Port is vibrant with the rich brilliance of a precious ruby, the softness of velvet, with the fruity fragrance of the fresh grape, and a delicious nectar-like taste of natural sweetness. Roma Port is a proud wine in a family of California's finest. A true wine, always unvaryingly good. Priced so reasonably low. Try Roma Port soon, won't you? That's R-O-M-A, Roma Port. Nancy Kelly will soon be seen in the Paramount picture, Follow That Woman. Next Thursday, same time, Roma Wines will bring you Mr. Glenn Ford as star of Suspense, Radio's Outstanding Theater of Thrills. Presented by Roma Wines, R-O-M-A. Made in California for enjoyment throughout the world. CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Well, guys, and it does it for Miss Nancy Kelly and her performance on the show this afternoon. Please join me later on tonight guys as I bring to the show for a little bit of a schedule change up instead of Miss Murray Wilson and Kathy Lewis in the CBS comedy show My Friend Irma we welcome to the show Miss Eve Arden as Miss Connie Brooks in the CBS comedy show our Miss Brooks. I hope you guys have enjoyed my podcast so far. If you like the show, please comment and subscribe. And stay tuned for this coming Tuesday night, guys, as I bring back to the show Mr. Edward G. Robertson in two episodes guaranteed to chill our spines. And then this coming Friday, we welcome back to the show Miss Mary Wilson and Kathy Lewis in the CBS comedy show My Friend Irma. Stay tuned for the upcoming weeks as I welcome such stars as Miss Agnes Moorhead, Mr. Bob Hope, Miss Miss 
Margaret O'Brien and stay tuned for our Thanksgiving part two episode on Thanksgiving night and once again guys always remember to enjoy the show thank you to everyone who has listened and subscribed to my podcast so far I really do appreciate it I hope you guys like comment and continue to share my podcast with your friends and family members and have a great day guys thanks